0: Now, gentlemen, the defendant is not guilty, but somebody in this courtroom is. Unmitigated temerity. When I get my chill. Okay, 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 okay.
1: What's up, everybody out there in Gatsby land? It's your host, Terrence Hardnett. Welcome back to the OK Gatsby Season 3, colon. To to chill a mockingbird. Fun. Fun. This is Kevin
0: Lopkovich. We're talking about the last three chapters today. We're going to land this plane,
1: guys. This is the end.
0: The journey has come to a conclusion.
1: It felt good. And it felt racism is over. Racism <laughs> is over. It feels good. It feels good to be. O- it's like 08 all over
0: again. I didn't know it was. So Terrence had never read this book before, so, and before so he was familiar. very racist. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and now that he finished the book, he's slightly less so. It feels good. It's like a burden off my shoulders. Yeah, it feels great. I. Uh, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> it's Not true. I am. <laughs> that's not true. And if you check my record, uh, I went to Obama's inauguration in two thousand eight. So. Oh. It wasn't very fun. But you were protesting, <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> and I almost stopped it. <laughs> <I> almost <laughs> <laughs> too many people there. Couldn't stop it. Yeah. Uh
0: yeah. It's it's the end of uh it's it's all a lot of reactions to a very stressful event.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we had like we had the climax. We had like the with the head fake climax is the court case. That's over. Then then it all seems like it was winding down. Very nice, and then we have this Crazy scuffle in the dark under the oak tree. That's a very nice
0: way to put it, a scuffle.
1: Crazy <laughs> <laughs> scuffle. Yeah, a murderous... An attempted murder. An by attempted murder. An attempted double murder of children.
0: A bit of hullabaloo, Yeah, you know, the old calamitous... <laughs> some, <laughs> The old calamitous whoops-a-daisy by old Bob Ewell. Mistakes were made and people were stabbed. Oh man! Under the ribs, I got drunk again, and I tried to kill the two children of the imposing council.
1: <laughs> Bob Ewell. Oh man, man! Yeah, imagine if he survived, and he was like, "I had a crazy night last. <laughs> <laughs> I think I stabbed a ham. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I saw this big old ham walking in the, in the darkness, walking. and I was, I was so hungry, I hadn't eaten in a couple days. It, it looked not a
1: bender. <laughs> it looked good as hell, and. I... And I Got the started, silver
0: streaks of fat in the darkness, and, I started uh,
1: carving it up. And boy, did it scream! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "This ham's still alive, <laughs> Ooh, fresh ham." And then the ham's brother came at me. <laughs> you know how they do with the ham's brother? Yeah. Next uh, thing I know, I was dabbed up under the ribs. Yeah. The story of Bob Buell. That's how it happened. So yeah, they are. So again, we had a we had like a you know the Netflix show ending of like, uh. Heck Tate saying a knife stuck under up under his ribs. He's dead, Mr. Finch. So Bum 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 the reveal is Bob Ewell died. Threw a stab wound into his ribs. Yeah. So we open the exactly the same the next moment, which I love. Um, and Alexandra can't handle it. She's getting up and reaching for the mantelpiece. Mr. Tate stands up, um, but she declined assistance and Alexander does want assistance. For once in his life, Atticus Atticus's instinctive courtesy failed him. He sat where he was. So he doesn't even get up to help his sister, who's like freaking out. No, he's he's in shock. I like the acknowledgement that he has instinctive courtesy, which of course he does. Yes. He any possible moment to be polite, he he does. And it doesn't even it doesn't even he doesn't have to decide to do it he he just gets it. Yeah, he just does it. He just does it. It's and it's above and beyond courtesy. It's not the normal
0: man's that's just like, ah, I or no, even it, even by contemporary means. Especially in, by contemporary
1: means, he's above and beyond courteous. He's an angel, <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, and throughout this these last few chapters we do get to see like we do get to see Scout realizing that uh, Eckes is this guy and kind of like Re- she recognizes it and comes to terms with it and understands the way that he lives you know the way that he the way he does it but
0: also seems some fallibility in him
1: yeah we get to see a little bit of fallibility which is like finally which is something i've, I've been talking about this whole time yeah is i want the mask to slip a little bit um and it's like you know i don't get the you know conflicted uh anti-hero that i kind of want which is like i know it's, a, it's not that it's not that book it's a different book yeah um some darker that would be funny to book. have a Christopher Nolan like reboot of To Kill a Mockingbird,
0: where <laughs> Atticus is like grizzly, like got a five o'clock shadow, permanently smoking cigarettes, lawyer. <laughs> Some days you're the Atticus, other days you're the Boo. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Sometimes you're a rabbit dog walking down the street, but it don't mean nothing. We all rabbit dogs in the end. <laughs> Bob Yule's a rabid dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the like uh the dark trailer where you just see like a Bob Yule like standing
1: ominously in the field looking while uh, <laughs> <stand> by. <laughs> And intercut with the dog, like, okay, Bob old dog, Bob old dog, Bob old dog.
0: Yeah, and then there's Atticus standing in front of the jail uh, the night where the, the mob comes, and he's got two big assault rifles standing <laughs> like, Does someone want to see my my client today? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Allow me to fold my newspaper very slowly, and interestingly. <laughs> Man, I'm really imagining this this is a dark, intense trailer for... <laughs> I think it, yeah. Yeah. You know what? They should not have given this a stork. This should have been Christopher Nolan. That would have been dope. Yeah. Gregory Peck rolling in his grave
0: while uh, Jake Gyllenhaal plays Atticus Finch.
1: Ooh, yeah. Yeah. So Atticus is shook to his core. Yeah. Are you sure? Atticus said obliquely. He's dead, all right, said Mr. Tate. He's good and dead. <laughs> he won't hurt these children again. <laughs> I didn't mean that. Atticus seemed to be talking
0: in his sleep, so there's two conversations happening, and that's what's so interesting about this chapter
1: is that everyone is having a different conversation. Yeah, there's some confusion. Yeah, it's confusing, and people—they're trying—they're they're still sorting out what ha- what's happened, which is what ne- we need to address this because it's like there's a lot of yeah timelines going on. So throughout this, Hectate has the most information,
0: um, and what's uh, Atticus is in his all timely wisdom. When he thinks he knows what happened, it's very hard to get him to bend from that.
1: Yeah, and I don't really. We we'll have to figure out. I don't really. I don't. Really, I don't really see where Atticus realizes that Boo Radley killed Ewell, because mm. because Atticus it seems thinks that Jem killed Ewell. Yes. Right. So we'll 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 check this. Um, but as of right now, Atticus is shook and he's saying, "I didn't mean that." So what he what is he what does that refer to? That's okay. So
0: Ewell was murdered. Yeah. And uh, and Hectate's like, Hectate's like, yeah, he's dead. We don't have to worry anymore. And, and Atticus is like, oh, if the knife's in his rib, that means he was murdered probably by my son. So are you sure he was murdered? But I didn't mean what. uh So oh. are you sure? uh And Mr. Yes. Tate's like, oh, you want to know he's dead? Oh, no, and yeah, then Atticus is like, no. Oh, uh, he's good and
1: dead. He won't hurt your kids again. And he goes, that's not what I meant. Like, he's is like, are there are a knife sure? in his ribs? Yeah.
0: Like, yeah. Uh, and then at, and Alexandra's, like, let's get to the living room. There's a weird tension in all of this that just because, like, Atticus is on another planet with, like, he, had, like, he had made a huge miscalculation as as far as the risk he was putting his children in. Yeah. he's terrified of that. He
1: literally, like, does any parent would be extremely stressed, right? If. And in some way, isn't this kind of because of his like high-mindedness that he that they're in this spot? I mean, well, it's the kind of thing where it's like. He underestimated the threat that you will post. Yeah, um, because deeply. because and like as a result of his his you know humanity and his yes. his
0: morality and a little bit of an arrogance that he understood human nature so deeply that there was no threat. Yes, um, not that there was much he could do. Like that was a big point because I mean there like he was not, he, this was not even in his conception of what well, a human
1: being would be capable of this mm-hmm. that anyone would. Try to kill his children. Right, he can't. He can't. He's got such of an angel mind that he can't. He can't empathize with the other side. He uh, has is, no sense of like the, the potential for evil. Yeah. Because <laughs> he sees everyone as good but struggling. That's f- he was never trapped in a cave with a bunch of bats, and so he didn't have that yeah. <laughs> moment of fear to understand the darkness.
0: Yeah. He he doesn't have uh, the killer be killed. And revenge mentality. Whereas Boo Radley was raised in the darkness, molded yes. by
1: it. Yes. Man,
0: I mean Bob Ewell merely adopted it. <laughs> Bob
1: Ewell merely ad- adopted, the d- adopted the darkness and the whiskey. <laughs> yeah. Boo Radley was born in it. And he could see better at night. That's kind of what Boo Radley why he saved them. He could see better at night. Yeah, right? literally can. <laughs> uh, let's see here. And Alexander
0: just wants to get out of the way. And Miss Mister Tate's like, go ahead. I know it's been a shock to you, and don't fret yourself about anything. Why? Because she was like, I had that feeling about the gra Someone walking over
1: my grave. Right, right. Her her woman's intuition fired up, and she didn't act, uh, on, it. act on it. And Mister Tate's like, yeah, hey, we can't do, do that. We'd all be <laughs> just chasing our tails. So he was like a folksy way of dismissing. Uh, yeah. Which is yeah, that's true. I, I mean, mean, it's fair. You can't like <laughs> can't like call the police and be I, like, I have a hunch. Yeah. If my mom was like,
0: I felt weird about you going out tonight, so you can't. I'd be like what? <laughs> yeah, well, well, I'd never go out, is what would happen if that <laughs> <laughs> My mom didn't want me to go out. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. So now Scout's giving her testimony. Yep. We started <laughs> home. I said, Jim, I forgot my shoes. Soon as we started back for him the lights went out. Jim said I could get them tomorrow. So she's sitting in Attic's lap, and it's like, this is like she's getting big for this, but there's no comment about that. It's yep. been a stressful night. Then Jem said, "Hush a minute." I thought he was thinking. He was always wanting you to hush so he can think. Then he said he heard something. We thought it was Cecil. Cecil. Cecil, Cecil yeah. Jacobs. He scared us once tonight, and we thought it was him again. He had on a sheet. They gave
1: a quarter for the best costume. I don't know who won it.
0: <laughs> and they're like, "All right."
1: <laughs> I love all the you know, un- unnecessary information that she's giving. Like it's like it's so just a like kid, you know, yeah. talking about her night. Yeah.
0: Where were you when they thought it was Cecil? Just a little piece from the schoolhouse. I yelled something at him. You yelled what? Cecil Jacobs is a big fat hen, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine like, writing it down like, big fat hen, big, big fat hen. hen. anyone hear someone yell, Cecil Jacobs is a big fat hen? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't hear nothing. Then Jim yelled hello
1: or something loud enough to wake the dead.
0: Just a minute, Scout. Mr. Finch, did you hear them?
1: And, so and they adi- didn't hear, yeah. yeah. Were, like, so it turns out that Atticus and Alexander were both listening to the radio, which is pretty dang loud. How about reading a book? Yeah. Where, wait, I, how, where was all this reading that's been happening the whole book? <laughs> they're both listening to radios at full blast? <laughs> yeah. So they're
0: they're reading, like everyone reading, now reading. where it's like, Yeah, I love to read and it's like I just listen to podcasts. Podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you bunch of liars. You're liars yeah. out there. I see you. I, I see you. See all you're lying. Your yeah, you couldn't do hey, it with you. Why while did you doing this. turn this podcast into a house of lies? <laughs> yeah.
1: So they didn't hear the shouting
0: and then, yeah and tate's like i wonder if the neighbors heard anything and then, i doubt it most of them listen to the radios or go to bed with the chickens <laughs> yeah so it's just like hey everyone listens to radio at night no one heard these screaming children
1: <laughs> yeah so th- so scout goes on to explain in her boring way what happened um so uh she is <laughs> she <laughs> she, <laughs> she explains that explain, she goes uh there's some shiny paint on my co- my costume. I was a ham. How's that? As Mr. Tate startled. Um, <laughs> I, I love this. Atticus describes my role to Mr. Tate. So I think even that phrase is longer than what needs to go to, like, uh, she was a ham for a pageant. Yeah. She was a ham. She yeah. was dressed up as a ham.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Mr. Tate here is, I was a ham. And he and he, he's like, what the hell? <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're a ham? What in darnation?" <laughs> I thought you were a little girl. <laughs> You're a damn ham. I thought maybe you were blossoming, blossoming into a woman, but not a ham. Ugh. Ain't no damn ham. Atticus, what are you
0: feeding her that she's
1: turning <laughs> into a ham? a
0: one-shot finch.
1: A <laughs> one-shot finch raising a boy and a ham. Okay, so they explained the costume. Um, it was crushed to a pulp. Uh, and yule has got little puncture marks.
0: On his arms to match the holes. Right. So at first he did stick the knife into the ham.
1: Yeah, he stabbed the ham. Yeah. So like, so yeah. So the the costume saved Scout's life. Is the conclusion that the sheriff comes to? Yes. So uh, I didn't. Yeah. So in the description, the last chapter, we didn't really understand that Scout was being directly attacked, but she was by Yule. Hmm. Uh, and then Atticus proposes he was out of his
0: mind uh don't like to contradict you mr finch wasn't crazy mean as hell low down skunk with enough liquor in him to make him brave enough to kill children he'd never have met you face to face so this is where hectate and atticus's philosophies collide yeah he's like oh he atticus is so unable to conceive of someone motivated to do this that he says he must have been out of he's his crazy. Mind. Like it's literally like he's uh, like oh he he could not have been in the right mind otherwise no one would do this.
1: Right, Mr. Finch. They're just some kind of men you have to shoot before you can say hi to them. Even then, they ain't worth the bullet. It takes to shoot them. Yule is one of them. So Yule's like a it's like a like a rabid dog, like the rabid dog. You know, it's like that's the that's why that was in there. Yeah, it's like eventually Yule's gonna hurt somebody. He's a psychopath or a sociopath or whatever yeah. you call. Him, you know dangerous. So we gotta get rid of him. Yeah. And Atticus can't conceive of such a thing. Like, um
0: And he's still like, I thought he got it all out of him the day he threatened me, even if he hadn't, I thought he'd come after me. Yeah. So he's like <coughs> I severely miscalculated all of this. And yeah. I feel terrible.
1: Well uh, yeah even in his own words is I can't conceive of a man who'd and that's his problem is he literally he doesn't have the he doesn't have enough empathy to understand. Or he like his his, his moral brain can't sympathize with this psychopath yeah he can't bring himself low enough to have, like such base motivations yeah
0: he always sees people as motivated for good reasons and sometimes they are crushed by or pressured by various systems but when it's someone's like actual full clear-headed motivation is to kill a child yeah like, he can't put himself in those shoes. he doesn't get evil yeah yeah Hectate, it's like, he had guts enough to pester a poor color woman. He had guts enough to pester Judge Taylor when he thought the house was empty. So do you think he'd have met you uh, to your face in daylight? We'd better get on, Scout. You heard him behind. So, like, Hectate's like, look, this is who he is. Like, like I'm sorry. But, or not even sorry. He's like, sorry, Atticus, you just didn't know. You don't understand how evil people can be. Yeah. I, and on the other hand, am a uh, sheriff
1: in the South. Huh. <laughs> I've seen some things. So, what, Scout goes on here, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, when we got under the tree,
0: and then it's in the fun little line. Yeah. How do you know you were under the tree? You couldn't see thunder out there. I was barefooted, and Jim says the ground is always color cooler under a tree.
1: We'll have to make him a deputy. Go ahead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's, like, He's like, oh, that's an impressive little piece of information. That's nice. Then all of a sudden, something grabbed me and mashed my costume. Then I ducked on the ground, heard a tussling under the tree, sort of. They were bamming against the trunk. Sounded like Jim found me and started pulling me toward the road. So, Mr. Yule yanked him down. I reckon they tussled some more. And then there was this funny noise. Jim hollered. And that's when she realizes that's when his uh, arm broke. Right. Anyway, Jim hollered and I didn't hear him anymore. And the next thing, Mr. Yule was trying to squeeze me to death. I reckon then somebody yanked Mr. Yule down. Jim must have got up, I guess. That's all I know. And then, Mr. Tate said. Somebody was staggering around and panting and coughing fit to die. I thought it was Jim at first, but it didn't sound like him, so I went looking for Jim on the ground. I thought Atticus had come to help us, and he got wore out. Who was it? Why, there he is, Mr. Tate. He can tell you his name. It's Boo Radley. It's Boo Radley, baby. Scout indicates Boo Radley. And this is kind of a... like. So they're looking at Boo, and she's just kind of describing... This p- figure that had been in the imagination
1: for this whole book. Right. The rest of the chapter is just a description of Boo, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he's yeah, pale. They were white hands,
0: green. sickly white hands that had never seen the sun, so white they stood out garishly against the dull cream wall in the dim light of Jem's room. Mm-hmm. So he's so pale that he's
1: whiter than a cream wall. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is pale. How pale is he? <laughs> whiter than a damn cream wall. <laughs> I
0: looked from his hands to his sand-stained khaki pants. My eyes traveled up his thin frame to
1: his torn denim shirt.
0: I like how he dresses. <laughs> <laughs> khaki pants and a denim, denim. shirt. That's, I, I, I fit in in Brooklyn. I'm
1: missing a denim shirt in my wardrobe right now for the fallout to
0: get one. Yeah. His face was as white as his hands, but for a shadow on his jutting chin. His cheeks were thin to hollowness. His mouth was wide. There, was, there were shallow, almost delicate ind- indentations at his temples and his gray eyes were so colorless I thought he was blind. His hair was dead and thin, almost feathery on top of his head. When I pointed to him, his palms slipped slightly, leaving greasy sweat streaks in the wall, and he hooked his thumbs in his belt.
1: Yes, he's there. He's in the room. He's pale. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's pale. He's there. She says, hey, Boo. End of chapter. bum buh, boom. bum boom, bum bum We finally get this meeting. I want to talk about Boo Radley. I, uh, I think maybe throughout the next, cha- next chapter, we got to figure out like what is... What is the point of Boo Radley? Like, why? I mean, like, he's a hero. They befriended him at the beginning, so he saved them. But what does he represent? I mean, like, he, is it is it innocence? Is it purity or something? He's white. Um, That's, I mean, there is that. I think it's also, I think just
0: very structurally, that's good storytelling to set up the hero. Like, it's just a good twist that, oh, Boo Radley saved him like they work so hard she works so hard to set that up a that
1: bookend yeah i mean it's a bookend it like helps that it was in the beginning and the end yeah but um it is also like kind of reflecting on
0: like th- what what do you think of so- who someone is and wh- what they are yes um and also it's just like the the type of character that i'm sure like yeah there's hermits in every town and it's like this hermit car like still like cared about the town, but just didn't show it in any way recognizable to the town.
1: I don't know. But I he cared. Th- he participated. He th- did th- something. Yeah. Yes. Um. Okay. So, Mr. Arthur, Honey Atticus correct, corrected me. Jean Louise, this is Mr. Arthur Radley. I believe he already knows you. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a great line. If Atticus could blandly introduce me to Boo Radley at a time like this, well, that was Atticus. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's I'm talking about. Is like the acknowledgement of of like that's just Atticus. Like finally, like we know Atticus as well as Scout does. Yeah, we understand him, and we can kind of just poke fun at his kind of ner- you know moral, polite nerd personality. Yeah, like
0: the man that saved his children and was also the subject of summers of of mytholo- mythologizing fascination. Yeah, and it's just like. Honey, this is Arthur Radley. He is our neighbour. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah,
1: dead. I know. Yeah. I know who he is. Like ed- he's like an ethics nerd. It's like it's like he's like a f fu- he's like a you know loser who is obsessed with ethics. I mean not a loser, whatever, he's a hero. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't get no chicks though. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. He's like not cool or dark. <laughs> yeah. Um, he doesn't do stand up comedy or anything. <laughs> <laughs> this is where the fun she instinctively runs to Jam to be like boo radley's here <laughs> yeah yeah go over to jim um and boo sees that even smiles uh and he's right. like hey don't touch him uh and dr reynolds like everybody get out everybody out reynolds is back and what blows him a little away she goes evening arthur didn't notice you the first time i was here <laughs> yeah it's like <laughs> sup boo
1: hey yeah. my man i see you all the time dr reynolds is, is like even funnier I think, I mean, th- you pointed out how funny he was earlier. It's like, I think he, he's, he's still kind of like, uh, playing it up. It's great. Yeah. It'd be a great, like, such a, such a the entertainer role. I feel like he's yeah. like, it's like, he's like, casually hilarious. Yeah. Really, less the jokes come to him. Yeah.
0: And it's like, oh, yeah, Boo Radley gets sick sometimes. It's just realizing how much of a normal human he is. Yeah. Right. So,
1: yeah, he's out in the light. He's becoming more human. Um, the doctor knows him because he gets sick. Yeah, like he's just he, he's just a human being. The unknown becoming known. Yeah. Maybe he's the unknown, you know? And I it's kind of saying. disappointing. He's just kind of this pale nerd. <laughs> yeah, yeah, myth, uh, mythology becoming reality. Uh, Dr.
0: Reynolds is like, you're quite satisfied he's alive now. I'll tell you how I knew. When I tried to examine <laughs> him, he kicked me.
1: <laughs> Had to put him out good and proper to touch him. So scat. So scat. Uh, so everyone leaves. They have to go to the porch. And now, okay, this porch conversation is is was the was the most confusing thing about this this section to me. Yes, um, well, let's set it up. So, essentially, what Atticus is gonna is trying to get across to Tate is that he understands that Jem killed Bobby Ewell, and that he wants to take the proper procedure. That's what Atticus's point of view is.
0: Yes, because of Scout's testimony that she thought that uh, Jem had saved her. From uh like Ewell squeezing her, that he must have stabbed Ewell. Uh and I don't want to get my son out of this in quotes of like I, I don't want him to be the the lawyer's son who doesn't get
1: arrested for the crime of murdering somebody. Right. So yeah, that's the first point that's be, that's made. and then uh like so let's 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 address that point. Um, Mr. Finch, you think you think Jem killed Bobby Ewell? Do you think that? You he heard, heard what Scout said. Um, so he is sure. Um
0: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. She said Jim got up and yanked him off or he probably got a hold of Ewell's knife somehow in the dark. We'll find out tomorrow.
1: We'll find out tomorrow. But then and then Tate says he fell on the knife. That's that's what Tate is trying to say, that Bob Ewell fell on his own knife.
0: Yeah, Jim never stabbed Bob
1: Ewell. So yeah, Heck yeah, Hex <coughs> is like we're gonna say he fell on his knife. Right, and that he and Hecate is clearly trying to get Atticus to accept the lie. He hates that Atticus is like refusing that. He said, "Heck, it's mighty kind of you, and I don't and I know you're doing it, it from a good a good heart of yours, but don't start anything like that." He's like, "I don't want a, this to be another Maycomb secret scandal. Yeah. scandal. Everyone knows about. I don't want Miss <laughs> Stephanie Crawford telling it all around town that Jem yeah. killed somebody. We've been hearing all about these people who people who get away with things, people who have secret evils they've done." Um, it's like a make-home thing, yeah. And he doesn't want this to be one more of those. He want he doesn't want it to be like the Tom Robinson case either, where it's like the r- the right thing never happened, but who cares? Because the status yeah. quo was maintained. Like he he's that's what he's afraid of here. But then the, it, well, it becomes complicated, right? Because Tate genuinely doesn't think that Jem killed yeah. Boo Radley. Yeah. He knows that. Or sorry, Jem killed, doesn't think that Jem killed Bob Yule. He thinks and knows rather that boo radley did yeah boo radley killed you uh
0: and he goes uh let's see heck you haven't said it but i know what you're thinking thank you for gene louise you said Jem yank mr Ewell off you yes sir that's what i thought i uh and so that's enough for atticus like see there heck thank you from the bottom of my heart but i don't want my boy starting out with something like this over his head best way to clear the air is to have it all out in the open uh, let the county come and bring sandwiches. I don't want him growing up with a whisper about him. I don't want anybody saying, Jem Finch, his daddy paid a mint to get him out of that. sooner we get over this, the better. He's like, look, it'll be
1: self-defense. It'll be easy. Yeah, let's try it. Let's do it. Let's do the court thing. The the county can come up and bring sandwiches. He's like, I know it'll take a while. Like, all that all that stuff. He's ready for it.
0: Yeah. And then Mr. Finch, Mr. Tate said stolidly, Bob Ewell fell on his knife. He killed himself. It's like the
1: fourth time he's like, listen
0: to me. I'm telling you. Uh, and Atticus is like, uh, well here I wondered who would give in first. Atticus stubborn, stubborn and was quiet and rarely evident, but in some ways he was as set as the Cunninghams. The Cunninghams, yeah. So, so that's like the first almost kind of criticism of Atticus that, uh, uh, Scout has, where it's like she's starting to realize, like, oh, like the her dad is like not. Handling this conversation with his normal politeness, he is digging in his heels and he's fighting with hectate.
1: Yeah, right. Um, and and it's yeah, and like to his to his detriment. So the way the Cuttinghams will starve and not take charity, like they're they're dying there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like um, until someone invites them to dinner, and then they put molasses on their bread and or they eat too much molasses. Remember that kid? Like yeah, he dumps it all over. Yeah, it's like oh, uh, yeah. And
0: Atticus won't refuse to take any moral shortcuts. And that's he's. In his head, he's doing the right thing right now because of what the information he has. uh, That he he truly believes that Jem killed Bob Ewell. And he gives a big old speech. Heck, if this thing's hushed up, it'll be a simple denial to Jem of the way I've tried to raise him. Sometimes I think I'm a total failure as a parent, but I'm all they've got. Before Jem looks at anyone else, he looks at me. I've I've tried to live so I can look squarely back at him. If I connived at something like this, frankly, I couldn't meet his eye, and the day I can't do that, I'll know I've lost him. I don't want to lose him and Scout. Because they've all I got,
1: they are all I've got. That's sweet. Yeah. So like we're we're seeing Atticus's true feelings about his kids, and like the reason he has these stupid ethical hangups is because he wants to be a hero for his kids. Yeah. They're all he has. <coughs> He's lonely with his wife being gone, and like his children are everything to him. He'll lose them. He wants to be able to look them back in the eye. I like that. He wants to be able like to like see them. Yeah. And say, look, I've done my best to do good. And
0: I can ask you to do the same. Because I care about you deeply.
1: Yeah. And then Mr. Finch, Bob, you will throw on knife. I can prove it. So, yeah, Tate's really just kind of stonewalling him. And then Atticus comes back with more words. You know, Yeah. Like, um, Big old speeches. Blah, blah, blah. I won't have them anymore. I can't live one way in town and another way in my home. Which is a thing that um, I think it was... Um, Miss Mowdy, I think, said that about, about Atticus. He's the same way in the street as he is at home. Yeah. Um, which is like his reputation is the reality. Yeah. And he maintains that. It's not like an Alexandra who has a reputation because she loves her reputation and she, yeah. that's basically all she has. It's like Atticus has a reputation because he is that guy. Yes. He is that guy.
0: And it was never like he didn't do that way to have a nice reputation. Yes, yeah. It's like, oh, this is the right thing to do.
1: He's reputable. Yeah.
0: So they uh, okay, and this is where it starts to turn.
1: Uh, so Doctor Reynolds comes out. Uh, yeah, Tate is like doing like sort of like a, a a demonstration. Like, look, I'll show you. This is what happened. Like, yeah,
0: Mister Tate flicked open the knife. Uh, it was like this. He said he held the knife, pretended to stumble as he leaned forward. His left arm went down in front of him. See there, stabbed himself through through the soft stuff between his ribs. His whole weight drove it in. Mr. Tate closed the knife. or Mr. Tate closed the knife and jammed it back in his pocket. Scout is eight years old. She was too scared of, uh where is it? Uh, it was mighty dark. Uh, I take so many. I won't have it. Atticus said softly. God damn it! I'm not thinking of Jem. And that's Mr. Heck Tate yelling. Like it's gotten that bad. Like him and Atticus are arguing. Mr. Tate's boot hit the floorboard so hard the lights in Miss Maudie's bedroom went on. Uh, Miss Stephanie Crawford's lights went on. Atticus and Mr. Tate looked across the street, then at each other. They waited. <laughs> so they woke up two ladies
1: who <laughs> like, want to know what's going on. Uh, and this is where it turns. And so wait, yeah. So yeah. So at some point, because Tate is trying, is Tate even trying to get across this idea, or is he just trying? He- Tate is not giving any information. No, he's not giving any
0: information. Um, he's lying. Uh, Jim it didn't kill him, but he's trying to lie about, like, and he's trying to not say it in front of Scout.
1: Um, oh, right. Because Scout is there, and Boo Radley is there. Yeah, Boo Radley is there. I so don't uh, Yeah. He's just trying to get it over with. Like, let's just say he fell on the knife. He fell on the knife. Yeah.
0: Uh, so let's see. Mr. Tate added that I guess wasn't going to stand there and maintain that any boy Jim's side with a busted arm had to fight enough left in him to tackle to kill a grown man in the pitch dark. So they're arguing about that. Um, and this is the big thing. Heck," said Atticus abruptly. "That was a switchblade you were waving. Where'd you get it?" And this reply changes everything. Took it off a drunk man," Mr. Tate answered coldly. So Atticus figures it out. What? That the kitchen knife was not Ewell's knife. That was Boo Radley's knife. So Ewell was going with the switchblade to kill uh, Scout and Jem. Oh, so the switchblade is Bob Ewell's knife. Bob Ewell's.
1: So oh. there's,
0: there's a kitchen knife in his yeah. side. Uh, and so Tate removed the knife so that the story could be uh, maintained. Because what happened is that... So uh, Yule with his switchblade came after Scout. Uh, Boo came running with the kitchen knife, stabbed Yule on the ribs. Uh, and But to make sure that stuck... The story that Mr. he had to take the switchblade, so it made like you, uh, Yule brought in this kitchen blade. Yeah, so, this is Yule's knife. But like Yule doesn't have a kitchen knife. Like, right, he doesn't cook at <laughs> <So home>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's a chef. He's got <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got a whole set. <laughs> he's got a blue apron membership, and he yeah. just likes to do it. You know, yeah, just for him.
0: Yeah, so that's what happened,
1: and that's when it clicks with Atticus. Yeah, so he goes to the swing, sits down. His hands dangle limply between his knees. He was looking at the floor. He had moved with the same slowness that that night in front of the jail, when I thought it took him forever to fold his newspaper and toss it in his chair. So it's these times when he's up against it. Yeah, he's making a big decision. Yeah.
0: And then Mr. Tate gives a nice speech. It ain't your decision, Mr. Finch. It's all mine. and It's my decision and my responsibility. For once, if you don't see it my way, there's not much you can do about it. If you want to try, I'll call you a liar to your face. Your boy never stabbed by you Bob Ewell, didn't come near a mile of it, and now you know it. all he wanted to do was get him and his sister safely home and then he this is a, this is like a I'm excited to see this in a movie because it goes, I'm not a very good man, sir, but I am sheriff of Macum county lived in this town all my life, and I'm going on forty three years old through forty three years old. Know everything that's happened here since before I was born. There's a black boy dead for no reason, and the man responsible for it is dead. Let the dead bury the dead this
1: time, Mr. Finch.
0: Let the dead bury the dead. Let the dead
1: bury the dead. It sounds like a. It'd be like an a Scorsese movie. It sounds yeah. like it's like from like um, the Streets of New York or something. Yeah, it was. Um, that's
0: like I could see. I and I shouldn't have read it. My my dumb monotone. <laughs> Let the dead bury
1: the dead. But like
0: I am not a very good man, sir. But I am sheriff of Maycomb County. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He's a sheriff. So, um, but what's happening here in reality is that Atticus is being like tempted by institutional. Favoritism, favoritism, which is what he's been railing against the whole book. Oh, he doesn't ag- he, he doesn't agree with it. Uh, yeah, he's been well, he's been fighting it. Tom Robin he's in in yeah. defending Tom Robinson. He's been fighting institutional favoritism. This kind of like let's maintain the status quo with a lie, yeah, because it's 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 easy. It's easier than than the truth. Like the, the 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 lie will maintain the status quo, and everyone will stay in their same statuses, and no one's gonna get you know blown in. Yeah, um, and Atticus is being. Atticus has to, has to swallow this, yeah, from Tate because this time it helps him out. Yeah, or at least it's like it's
0: like Tate's not gonna bend. Like he doesn't have a cooperative witness already. Tate's like, look, I'm not gonna help you. I'll call you a liar to your face. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. So in right, so I guess it's not up to Atticus. It's not at all. He's he's being he's being told that right now, and he has to quietly swallow. Like, hey, like we're gonna lie to protect Boo Radley. Are you okay with that? And, and he's like, he's not. But what and what Tate is saying is like, you don't have to be. You can say whatever you want. I will call you a liar to your face. Yeah. Um. So it's funny, cause he, so Atticus is kind of being. I mean, because this, I guess it, it helps him sort of, right? I mean, I guess it helps Boo Radley. Yeah, who's innocent? Because it, it, it's Atticus is now faced with the difference
0: between the law and ethics, and those things are yes. colliding right now yes. because the law says like. Even in self-defense, you have to be tried for the death of someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and he believes in the law. He believes in the system. Uh, he believes in the equality of courts. But his ethics say, don't punish a man for doing a good thing, right. especially someone as fragile as Boo Radley. Uh, and Mr. Tate makes a point that he would become a celebrity. Like Everyone would be yeah. visiting him, thanking him for doing such a heroic thing. Right, He'd be in the newspaper. He probably might even make the, the – what is it? The – Birmingham, or what's the other one? Journal.
1: You're asking the wrong guy. Montgomery. You'd Montgomery. make the Montgomery Journal, or Journal. something like that.
0: Like he doesn't. Like he knows. Like that's also wrong. For, like for my weird obsession yes. with the law to
1: punish this man for saving my children. Like I can't do that. What an interesting way to like. Yeah. Like right before we, right before we were done with it, let's just make. Let's just complicate it one more time. Let's make. Let's like. Let's let's land the point that it's not simple. It is complex the the overlap of human morality and ethics and these systems of law and order that are timeless or like Mm. you know relatively timeless that are that are longer and wider than human experience uh when they overlap it's messy it's just messy yeah and uh typically it's messy for people of low status which is messed up um but sometimes it's just messy for everyone for everyone yeah yeah So it's not a very cut and dry um, moral we're getting here, which is good because it seems kind of like a moralizing book and uh, Harper Lee is kind of like highlighting some of the complexities before we're done. Yeah, of like a man torn between two uh, ethical
0: impulses. One, to make sure everyone has their fair day in court, that we make everything public so we can move past it, that we don't hide our sins or or anything like that. And then two, it's like there are are fragile people who – deserve their, who want their anonymity, and it, was, it would not be that hard to give them that an- anonymity. And it, that's what, uh, that's, I mean, that, and Mr. Tate explains it. Know what had happened then? All the ladies in Maycombe, including my wife, would be knocking on his door, bringing angel food cakes. <laughs> to my way of thinking, Mr. Finch, taking the one man who's done you in this town of great service and dragging him with his shy ways into the limelight. To me, that's a sin. It's a sin, and I'm not about to have it on my head. If it was any other man, it'd be different, but not this man, Mr. Finch.
1: Right. So Tate is saying, what we're saying, is that like, yeah, this is it's what the ethical thing to do is lie, right yeah. now, which is that's hard for Atticus to swallow. Yes. And you know what? Here's the. This is actually maybe this is what I've been looking for. This is the test of Atticus's, um, of his, steel resolve, is mm-hmm. being, an almost binary moral thinking. Yeah, he has. He's got to bend. He's yes. bending. Yes. Sorry, buddy. You got to bend and that's what he's said, like that this was also a story of Atticus growing. Yeah. And he yeah, he Cause
0: is. he had the biggest legal challenge of his life and it almost cost him everything. And the old uh if the rule brought you here what good is the rule from uh uh no country for old men. Like he's he's looking at Ooh, that now. Yeah.
1: If the rule brought you to this place what what use was the rule? Yeah. Um, so finally Atticus With the, with what must be Just the sigh of all sighs Goes <sighs> Scout Mr. Yule fell on his knife Can you possibly understand Scout it, says
0: After running up to him And c- hugging him and kissing him with all his might She reads like how heavy this is Exactly
1: for him. she knows it's trouble for him
0: Yes sir I understand Mr. Tate was right What do you mean well, it'd be sort of like shooting a mockingbird, wouldn't it? Highlight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Where have I seen that word mockingbird before? To kill before? a
1: mockingbird, you say. Atticus put his face in my hair and rubbed it. When he got up and walked across the porch into the shadows, his youthful step had returned. Before he went inside the house, he sat in front of Boo Radley. Thank you for my children, Arthur. So, Arthur saved... Boo Radley saved their lives. Yeah. Um, and... And Atticus is accepting it because Boo is the mockingbird.
0: Yeah, he's the mockingbird. He's he's the innocent person who he he made a mistake in his youth. He just ran around with a, a loud crowd and he had, a, he had a mean father, and he just stayed inside for this long. And his own forms of connecting to the neighborhood, like were these two children, yep. and they
1: were in danger,
0: and he saved them.
1: Like, yeah. So yeah, he's the mockingbird because the mocking. The idea is that. It's a
0: mockingbird. Just does good things, ask nothing in return.
1: Yeah, you don't. It doesn't like uh, because other birds like will hunt stuff or they do bad things, like uh, or they peck e- your eat wood. your stuff. Mm, yeah, and it, he yeah. Mockingbird just does nothing just sings, but good. Yeah, yeah. Mockingbird just sings all along. It's a sin to kill a mockingbird. Right. So th- yeah. The, it's it's preservation of innocence above all else. Right. I guess it's kind of yeah
0: yeah a, a general goodness. Yeah.
1: And also like what a big day for
0: for Boo Radley. Yeah, man. Like, Inside for essentially 33 <laughs> years. First time he's out of the house in a long time. Uh, he
1: stabs a drunk man. <laughs> well, he must have. I mean, he's out of the house because he yes. sees the, he sees the man. Yes. He probably saw the shiny hem lines and he saw Bob Buell. And yeah. He, something's up. But this is a very exciting day for him. Oh, man. Yeah. And if it wasn't, you got to think like, I mean, like if it wasn't for those pieces of gum and those, those, those little exchanges at the beginning, would he yeah. have done it? Yeah.
0: No, and it's, and, uh, yeah, his arc is, like, it's a really masterfully done that there's this full human being in this house that they really make a, a beautiful bookend of.
1: I'd like a little more, I feel like it, it, it's a bit of a deus ex machina. I mean, like, maybe if you, because, like, because we didn't hear about him through, through the, whole, um, the whole court scene, that whole, like, that constituted almost, like, a middle, and then this is, like, a book, these are the bookends, you know, mm. so it's, like it feels a little bit ham-handed, and, uh like, we don't, we're not getting a full Boo, I mean, like, I could know more about Boo Radley, probably, mm-hmm. I mean, we get a story and about him and his dad, that's, like, way the beginning, yeah, um,
0: yeah, it sounds like a, like, it is, like, a, a the novel from his perspective, and we get a little bit of a, a passage of, like, what it's like from his perspective, all of this, um, Probably not that interesting. It's just like a, a right. very nervous guy just living in his house and sweating and being pale. <laughs> yeah, dark, pale.
1: You get it. Um, when Boo Radley shuffled off, so that is the end of the penultimate chapter. Here comes the last chapter. Um, we get some really quality Boo Radley time here. Um, uh, she, uh, Scout leads him. Oh no, so,
0: so yeah, he's j- they're both just Scout together. and Arthur on the porch. Uh, and then she says, You'd like to say goodnight to Jim when you Mr. Arthur, come right
1: in. Right, so she leads him up to, to Jim, and she can kinda tell um she can kinda tell uh that he wants to pet Jem's head. <laughs> or, yeah. Um Jem is uh, like, you know, put he's he's like uh, you know, medically induced sleep sleeping there. Yeah. And uh <laughs> You can pet him up, Mr. <laughs> Arthur, he's asleep. You couldn't if he was awake, though. He wouldn't let you. I like that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Jem doesn't like to have his head pet. (laughs) This
1: wouldn't normally fly, but go ahead and take a pet. It's been a big night. Go
0: ahead.
1: (laughs) I think you've earned it.
0: And Boo is, like, very nervously, like, should I touch this, like, child? Yeah.
1: Really weird. Yeah. I mean, it's, like, a funny moment. I I wonder how it's going to be in the book. Uh, uh, It's never going to be It's so weird
0: of, like... There's an adult patting a kid's head
1: moment that we had in Catching the Ride. Hey, Bingo! This is way different, huh? Yeah. Although, yeah, no, I, I, I that tension is there where it's like when a stranger pats a boy's head. Uh, you you should bristle a little bit. <laughs> you know, you should feel. a
0: rule if a boy's head's being
1: pet by a stranger. Just take notice. I mean, just just look up. Just just write ju- just write it down. Write it. Yeah, you know what? Actually, good point. <laughs> write it down. <laughs> Note the time, the date, and the situation. Just so, mm-hmm. just so we have it yeah document file with the government I'm
0: not sure which bureau maybe call a social
1: security office <laughs> <laughs> just email it to yourself so you have a note yeah um but yeah though in this in this case it's actually very tender i want i wanna i wanna make sure that yes. there is no it's, weirdness yeah, it's or very, sexuality. It's very sweet yeah yeah
0: Sam his hand came down lightly on Jem's hair. I was beginning to learn his body English. it's kind of funny to
1: see your body English instead of body language, yeah body English right um yeah, so I mean, which is, it's the same meaning, huh? Yeah. Um, he kind of feel, it feels like he's like a big toddler, like he like has like yeah. he's like gonna cry almost, and he squeezes so her hand and yeah. stuff. So socially underdeveloped. Right. That's the that's the thing is that yeah he his communication is is like a
0: toddler. His hand tightened on mine, and he indicated that he wanted to leave. I led him to the front porch, where his uneasy steps halted. He was still holding my hand, and he gave no signs of letting me go.
1: Will you take me home? Is that how he sounds? Yeah. <laughs>
0: He almost whispered it in the voice of a child afraid of the dark. Oh, yeah. Pretty good then. Pretty good read. Yeah.
1: So then in this kind of sweet moment, Scout is leading Boo Radley home. Um, She is reminded that if Stephanie Crawford was watching from her upstairs window, she would see Arthur Radley escorting me down the sidewalk as any gentleman would do. (laughs) Yeah. So she shifts
0: up like, I'm not holding your hand like you're some child. We're walking. We're walking. We're adults.
1: Arm in arm. Uh right so he is granted the dignity of humanity and of gentlemanliness and even like uh, you know bringing Miss Crawford into it, it's kind of like we're bringing in the esteem of the community right yeah so Boo Radley has that at least in theory I mean yeah. like with if he if we if if the word got out that he had killed Bob Ewell and he got all the angel food cakes yeah. he wanted yeah uh he would be he would genuinely have that but at least in Scout's mind. Um, he is granted that same esteem, yeah, absolutely, and it's very sweet, yeah, uh, let's see
0: here, and then it's just kind of a reflection, uh right,
1: so once Bob i uh, once is <laughs> dead, okay, once Bradley is home, uh she says she never sees him again, and then she turns towards home, and we get classic protagonist reflecting upon what they've learned and what they've seen throughout the novel. You so, got to love it, Kev. You got to love you this. You got to love it. It's it's classic final chapter stuff and uh you know, it it makes me feel it always calms count, me down. I I, I I'm, like ever as a kid like um being in my yard and, fin- and like turning that last page and being like ah, <sighs> like this is this yeah. This is the born back, see, in the past
0: passage. Yes,
1: and we have been lucky, and like a good author does, let you down real easy, and just walks you right home and kisses you right in the mouth. You Gives know? a
0: little kiss on the cheek to say good night, buddy.
1: <laughs> yeah, we get this. We get this beautiful passage. Um, it was still summertime, and the children came close. A boy trudged down the sidewalk, dragging a fishing pole behind him. A man stood waiting with his hands on his hips. Summertime, and his children played in their front yard with their friend enacting a strange little drama of their own invention, the Boo Radley game. Yeah. It was fall, and his children fought on the sidewalk in front of Mrs. DuBose. The boy helped his sister to her feet, and they made their way home. Fall and his children trotted to and fro around the corner. The days, woes, and triumphs on their faces. They sat at an oak tree, delighted, puzzled, apprehensive. Again, Boo Radley. Winter and his children shivered at the front gate, silhouetted against a blazing house. Winter, and a man walked into the street dropping his glasses and shot a dog. So there's so the who had the fire in their house? Was it Uh that was uh Miss Māori. Miss maudy yeah, Miss maudy's house went all the way up and um and, and Boo Radley was seen outside. So again, no, Boo
0: Boo Radley uh put the blanket on her. The on her. Yeah.
1: Right. And she just missed him. Right. Summer and we watched his children's heartbreak.
0: Autumn again. And Boo's children needed him. Okay, so the summer that was, was that's the, the court, court case. case.
1: Yeah. Oh, see, so yeah, this is quite beautiful. This is like a prose poem, essentially. Yeah. Atticus is right. One time he said you never really know a man until you stand in his shoes and walk around in them. Just standing on the Radley porch was enough.
0: Okay. She's like, I get why he did. Like, I see him now as someone who loved us from afar and cared for us and wanted to protect us.
1: That's really beautiful. I'm sorry I said he was uh, ham-handed before. Come on. Um... The streetlights were, were fuzzy from the fine rain that was falling. As I made my way home, I felt very old. <laughs> but when I looked at the tip of my nose, I could see fine, misty beads. But looking cross-eyed made me dizzy, so I quit. Um, so I like the idea that she she feels old. Yeah. It's so funny when a young person says they feel old.
0: Yeah. Well, she survived a murder attempt.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, I'm sh- yeah, she's grown up a lot. <laughs> and what she said, yeah, and she's reflecting, and that makes you feel old. And she's grown up a lot. That makes her feel old. Um
0: and this is kind of funny. I thought yeah. what a thing to tell Jim tomorrow. He'd be so mad he missed it. He wouldn't speak to me for days. <laughs> 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 yeah, Boo Radley touched your head last night.
1: <laughs> but it's such, a, yeah, it's such a thing. It's too bad they didn't get to experience it together. You know? Yeah. Um, I love that. And then it goes on to say, as I made my way home, I thought Jim and I would get grown, but there wasn't much else left for us to learn. Except possibly algebra. Cute. <laughs> cute. It's just cute. Just a folksy little just joke. Just let it be cute, right? <laughs> I mean, like I mean it's true they learned a lot. Um but they learned I mean, a lot
0: about life. They don't know a lot about algebra yet. <laughs> you gotta learn that. That's a big part.
1: Algebra. We all hate it, don't we? We oh, hate learning
0: Oh, we hate that algebra.
1: Oh, letters and math. Um so Jem is still asleep. She goes and crawls into who else but Atticus's lap?
0: Feeling very old, but still in his lap.
1: Bingo. He says, "Go to bed," and she says, "I think I'll stay with you for a while." Suit yourself, said Atticus. It must have been after t- midnight, and I was puzzled by his amiable acquiescence.
0: <laughs> he, but he's like, she's gonna fall asleep in two seconds. And <laughs> he did, yeah.
1: And she did. Sorry. Um, and he's reading to her from a book of gems called *The Gray Ghost*. Uh, yeah because it's one of the few things I haven't read. Oh, humble brag. <laughs> 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 just a quick humble, just in case you forgot who Atticus was, he reads a lot. I read right.
0: everything, so like, oh, I haven't read this oh. one. Oh, this children's book? I haven't read this one, I uh, guess.
1: It's one of the few things
0: I haven't read. <laughs> uh, read it out loud, please, Atticus. It's real scary. And Atticus is like, no, you've had enough scaring for a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is fair. You had a murder, Tim. Yeah. And she says she wasn't scared. Least ways not till I started telling Mr. Tate about it. Jim wasn't scared. Asked him, and he said he wasn't. Besides, nothing's really
1: scary except in books. It's interesting. I mean, so, I mean, like, what do you, I What I make of that is that, like, I mean, like, in the moment, things just kind of happen. Things happen too quickly to yeah. feel fear about. Right, them. and when you read them in a book, then you, you have them, they're all processed for you. They're built into the
0: anticipation and fear and, and yeah.
1: Right, and I think, actually, Harper Lee did a good job of, like, describing the action of that of the of the night, the way that you'd experience it, because I was like, you don't feel like you're there. You feel like you feel yeah. like it's all very confusing, and you're getting very little information. Yeah. And so th- it was like she did a good action sequence. Yes, absolutely. Um, she goes to sleep. Very cute stuff. He carries yeah. her upstairs. I really like
0: this sentence. I willed myself to stay awake, but the rain was so soft, and the room was so warm, and his voice was so deep, and his knee was so snug that I slept. Like just like yeah, she's t- hitting see. homers here at the end. Yeah, edge. yeah, she
1: knows what she's doing. Um, so she he's taking her up to bed, <laughs> and he's say, she's saying he heard she heard every thing. word. Yeah. <laughs> she's try- trying to <laughs> Classic, recap the book.
0: Yeah, cl- I'm awake. Approve. I'm, I'm awake. But I'm
1: awake. Yeah, Scott's a great character. She just keeps saying like yeah. She keeps reviewing what they've read. Um,
0: yeah. And then they chased him and never could catch him because they didn't know what he looked like. And Atticus, when they finally saw him, why he hadn't done any of those things. Atticus, he was real nice.
1: His hands were under my chin, pulling up the cover, tucking it around me. Most people are, a Scout, when you finally see them. He turned out the light and went into Jem's room. He would be
0: there all night, and he would be there when Jem waked up in the morning. The, the
1: end. end. So that's sweet. So... Most people are most people are a scout when you finally see them. If Atticus could be a quote, that's the quote he would be, right? Yeah, like give the people, give someone the time of day.
0: Look how sweet Boo Radley was. You guys thought he was a murderous villain.
1: <laughs> you thought he was a monster, like like a well, literal was like going to eat monster, you alive, like, eat, villain. <laughs> eat birds. Yeah, um, you wanted to just t- see him like an animal.
0: Yeah. It was like, Oh, look at this curiosity, like a scary curiosity that we tortured for a couple summers. Right.
1: So in the end, of course, Atticus's, Atticus' um Atticus's ethics went out. And, and he the still believes taught, in the,
0: the kindness of humanity.
1: Yes. That's preserved. Which is that's what's important, is I think I think is a f- a faith in the kindness of humanity is one of the lessons of the book, right?
0: Yeah. A low down scum tried to kill his children.
1: And he, <laughs> and he still was like, most people are good. Right. Yeah, it's the Anne Frank thing that, like, she can believe that most people, deep down, are really good.
0: Yeah, just a, just a gorgeous ending of a... What a trial. All of this was a trial yeah. and an aftermath and a pr- and a pre-math. <laughs> yeah,
1: a pre-math, pre-algebra, oh boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like, Atticus, Atticus was, you know, the angel, the voice of reason, the the conscience, the chimney Cricket, Um and uh, he maintained it through a lot of complexity. Yes. That was like complexity that we were made privy to through descriptions of the legal system mm-hmm. and uh, the court, the court system, and also the social system. I mean, like that's one thing that's pretty interesting about this book was the the social uh, the study of the society of Maycomb and the people. You know, like the Maycomb yeah. was a character.
0: A huge accomplishment in a way that. Gatsby and Catcher in the Right did not do. Yeah. It was like you knew a couple characters, but like this was like we know twenty people and like we know a little bit about probably even more than that.
1: Yeah, and we kinda yeah, like and we get a feel for the way that they all work together with Make Home Capital M. You yeah. know? I mean, like we understand the society of Make home we understand and how the they class
0: structure, who's yeah. what class, we understand sort of how power works on small levels of like like Anne Alexandra running the the Missionary Ladies Society. Yes, uh, yeah, we understand the rural versus the town people. Like, yeah, it's a very clear
1: picture. The Cunningham's, of, the Yules, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, um, Link Ds, who like is you know, uh, you know, support supported the Robinsons, like just because of the personal connection. The Mister Dolphus Underwood, Raymond. Dolphus Raymond. See like, all these, all the compl- the like. Not only it's like the wire. Have you seen the wire? Yeah. It's like it's like there's there's all these complex
0: characters. Miss Marty, Miss Stephanie Crawford, the What who is it? Mr. Arthur not uh who's the guy who peed off his porch? <laughs> Mr. Arthur, something Mr. Arthur, yeah. Yeah.
1: Mr. Underwood who's racist, but he writes about Tom Robinson in the paper. Like yeah. to the point where he's like, I don't care if I get fired or whatever. Like you're gonna keep printing you're gonna keep buying this rag from me. Yeah. Um Yeah, like right so the, it's a por- the portrait of the town the way that the way that Maycomb is represent, represented in a socia- as a social structure as a complex social structure made simple by a bunch of yarns is a, that's a true accomplishment yarns told by a child by a child through the eyes of a child also very important so like all of these things that we discussed were put were forced through Scout's little spaghetti Play-Doh <laughs> brain and spit out in this w- really digestible folksy cute way like it was like it was downright cute
0: yeah cute a lot of the time
1: yeah and like as she grows in her knowledge of this stuff we also grow in our knowledge of this stuff Mm -hmm. um and as she understands that in a more complex adult way so do we it's like it really holds your hand and takes you through that stuff yeah which is why it's again it's like this is a great ninth grade tenth grade novel
0: yeah it's like oh yeah and it's it's truly like a great way to make it f- fun—the whole way, because this is such a heavy subject matter. Yeah, right. Well, it's the story of a of an abuse of the justice system, a woman being beat hard by her father. Yeah, a a black man dying at the hands of a deeply racist injustice after
1: being put on trial for rape.
0: Yes, by false accusations to cover up a father's abuse. Right. And to cover up a, a a woman's shame that she was attracted to a black man. Right. Murdered in jail. Uh, and then a that same man
1: tries to kill two children. Yeah. And it felt so fun and lighthearted almost the whole, the whole time. time. It was folksy. Yeah, right. It was like. Um. Yeah. It's like. Yeah. It's almost hard to believe that Scout. I mean, like. Yeah. So Scout's learned a lot. Like she said, she's like, I've learned everything but algebra at this point. I'm I'm gonna grow up, but I've already, I've already got all the. And it's like, I guess I kind of do believe that. Like. Yeah. It's a lot of
0: hard earned stuff.
1: Yeah. She over these three summers, she's really been put up against it.
0: And the story of Atticus, of a, a man who lost his wife and has to raise his children alone with the help of Calpurnia, um. Getting the legal challenge of his life like yeah and watching the toll it takes on his children on himself and then to have it end so tragically and then on top of that ha- to have there al- there almost be fatal like consequences, consequences for his children
1: yeah for the thing like it's like it's almost like he would I'm sure he w- he would die for his kids he'd rather it was him yes so the thing he cares about in the in the, most in the world is jeopardized because of his ethics so like he goes to bat all the way i mean like we know i made fun of him here and there for being an ethics nerd for being this like hard-nosed um high road moral being Mm -hmm. but when push came to shove um he stuck to his guns and uh you know it was really hard for him i mean uh, he he went through it you know he was tried by it um yeah right it's a story about etiquette as much as anything else yeah, and it's
0: it's yeah. It there's a reason why people love this book. Yeah, it's it's funny, it's it's tender, it's charming, it's sad. It's, I mean, it, it like it makes great points about American racism that are more nuanced than you would imagine mm-hmm. from just like oh. Classism.
1: I mean, yeah, the cl- yeah, class is really big in this novel, which I I respect. Yeah, class
0: is huge. Like, and, and there's things like. The small ways that people in this town were fighting against racism of like yeah it's not a uniformly racist like the judge was trying to get Tom Robinson a fair trial. Heck Tate was trying to get Tom Robinson a fair trial, everything like that. Like the little ways like essentially it was Harper Lee defending like southern like there is a there is there is good in southern towns. Yeah, so they it, can't they're, be they're not just a
1: bunch of it's not a racist cesspool. Yeah, yeah. which I respect. Right, it's com- it's complicated. The society is complicated.
0: They had a Cunningham who was gonna v- say Tom Robinson was innocent. That he was convinced by the arguments. And like it's like look at all those little. Oh thing. yeah,
1: one of those guys who was the lynch mob was like was uh, holding up the jury. He was like the a few nights earlier he was ready to hang this guy literally himself. Yeah. Then he's on the jury, uh, and then he's like, "Wait a second, can we hold up?" He's like, he's doing the, he's like doing the runaway jury thing. John Cusack like, let's yeah. let's think this thing over. Um. Yeah,
0: it's yeah, it's uh, the it's a remark, and it's her only novel.
1: Besides, of course, you mean go, go a watch see Watchmen. Go see Watchmen. Go see. <laughs> 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 Which is <an> okay movie. <laughs> so I would go rent Watchmen. <laughs> go rent a Watchman. You
0: gotta go rent Watchmen. I would.
1: I would go, go rent a Watchman. Go VOD a Watchman. Into Watchman.
0: Go wait for Watchmen to be on Netflix. Yeah, it'll come
1: to Netflix or Disney Plus or something. Um, uh, one of the other things I, I forgot that I loved that I want to make sure we dunk this one more time before we get done here is the court of public consciousness. So cool. I mean, like Tom Robinson was was innocent in the court of public consciousness. That's what got Ewell so mad. I mean, like yeah. he, Ewell uh, got his way in court. But he did not get his way in the court of public consciousness, which is what drove him crazy. So that's yeah, what he, he wanted stand. to be the hero that that got rid of the bad black man, right?
0: And he was not. He was he not. was this scumbag who they had to let win for white supremacy's sake. But they were like, "All right, go back to your dump and be a loser again." Yeah,
1: beautiful. I mean, <laughs> go be a loser again. I don't know. <laughs> I got mean, fired from uh, WPA for being too lazy. <laughs> You have any other well any other final thoughts on this we're going to we're going to watch the movie next week. Uh I like any time we go over this it's always the same like reading closely
0: it's like oh the layers that this author is working with are really remarkable.
1: Yeah, let's talk about the writing. Let's like yeah, how is it as a I mean I feel like um from the beginning I I drooled more over Gatsby and at Points catcher in the rye than I did the writing in *To Kill a Mockingbird*. I think it's a little bit more. The the prose is kids. more simple, simpler.
0: Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of guitar solos in this. Yeah, world. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I also think structurally, there's. I th- I think it pulls off anecdotes better than Catching and the Rye* does. Yeah. Where
1: Catching the Rye* is a lot of little moments and scenes and it's like it's just a character it's like it's just like holden is 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 painted with like brilliance
0: yeah Yeah. um and she works very hard to make sure there's beginning middle and end to every one of these anecdotes it's yeah the structure is incredible it's just very classical storytelling yeah of and weirdly it's all these many well-done stories build to this novel but like the novel itself it's not a, a like a, a first act, second act, third act.
1: No. You could cut out chapters and you would miss almost nothing. Yes. Uh
0: but they are so good that it's like, yeah, they're worth
1: and being they it. And they all do inform the idea yeah, the ideas of Make Home and all that stuff like they uh, yeah. inform the the yeah, the novel.
0: Yeah, it's like an ep- it's like kind of like T V season structure of like right.
1: you could miss an episode. Yeah, but, yeah, like y- it's it all it it enriches itself. Every episode enriches every other episode. Yes, it's true.
0: Some of them just accomplish to make you like the characters more. Of yeah, like
1: oh, that was a fun another adventure I went on with Dylan or, Scout and Jim. Yeah, or it's like oh, it's like now I know what Miss Crawford's all about. So when she gets brought up again, I kind of get. Yeah, I get her. Yeah, no, oh. absolutely.
0: And it's it is interesting to see a novel structured that way.
1: Yeah, killer structure. I'd say that's a great point. Uh, um, yeah, in terms of like theme. um clear cut theme absolutely well executed um you know i think better you know but it's the ma- thematically stronger than gatsby or catcher yeah um i th- i think
0: i think i'd rank this one as the most clear cut theme and biggest accomplishment theme i'd say gatsby's two and then catcher in the rye three as far as like there's yeah. no doubt what he was trying to she was trying to say about uh the world she built
1: um, and yeah. Fitzgerald did a good job too of like, yeah, this is
0: what class and the American Dream is, and and
1: yeah, those are were, those are were, yeah, the themes were very good in Gatsby as well. The character was better in Gatsby and in uh, Catcher. Yeah, um, the characters are more like people; they're more relatable and less less figurative. I mean, like I think these were a little bit, you know, they they uh, although Scout really did grow and Jem started showed some interesting adolescent things where he was growing. I mean, they but they were they were a bit. Uh, you know, they're s- like storybook. This is
0: who we are. There is no, yeah, the sheriff, the the folksy sheriff, right. the the wise neighbor lady,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the aunt who cares too much about being proper. <laughs> yeah,
1: simple. Yeah, simple. Um, one or two note characters, flat. Yeah, a bit flat. Uh, but I really enjoyed Scout growing up and kind of like understanding her father and uh, understanding her brother and understanding the society. So like, s- I mean like. Scout's growth and Scout's character, I guess maybe it is uh it was worth mentioning if I'm gonna kind of be knock on the character yeah. development. no, absolutely uh no, and like
0: all these books have been funnier than I remember like yeah, I get funny like, a, like in in high school, I was like, I gotta read this stuff and yeah. like let me go really fast, and it's like, oh, if I took the time, it's like, oh, that's a really funny line, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, like yeah, like uh yeah She she can w- like the winking the winking of the adult scout winking with the young scout's eyes and stuff yeah. like that um pretty masterfully done in terms of narr- yeah na- you know narratively um it's uh wh- it's up there with catcher catcher is like a narrative masterpiece like in terms of like uh the narration um but she's pulling something off pretty impressively as well like narrating yeah. narrating with scout um it's it's not the same it's not the exact like it's not like the puppetry of holding Caulfield's perfect you know, character narra- narration of Catcher on the Rye, but it is um, very impressive to hear all this through Scout's eyes, as we mentioned earlier.
0: Yeah, no, and it's it's a shame she didn't write more. Um, they they only released ghost set of the Watchmen after her death.
1: Like, yeah, we jo- like it's not. It doesn't feel like it's a real. Uh, yeah, part of for the canon for her, because it's like, oh, you were you were very good. Like you were a great writer. Yeah, but one and done.
0: Yeah, it's a shame. All right. I I, I love that I'm I'm excited to see the movie. I've never seen the movie.
1: Nice, nice. We'll be on the same page. Neither have I. Um, yeah, I'm pumped to uh it'll be a good way to kind of discuss the story over again also and like see how it was represented. Um and we'll both be coming at it fresh, which is kinda cool. Yeah, I'm very excited. Unmitigated temerity. <laughs> Unmitigated temerity. I'm gonna stand up and clap wherever <laughs> we're watching. I don't care when that comes out, I'm gonna be psyched. Um well, hey, thanks for listening everybody and we'll catch you for the last episode next week. Yeah. Thank you. I'm Kevin Lobkovich. I'm Terrence Ha HaHeartNet on Instagram. You know the rest. All right. Yeah. And the email is
0: at gmail.com. Yeah. Email us. (laughs) (laughs)